0: Hello there! How's everyone doing? I'm great and I'm inviting you to step into the enchanting world of art and architecture as we explore the captivating history of Villa Ruban, a gem nested in the heart of Luxembourg City. Once upon a time, in the magnificent land of Luxembourg, there stood a museum known as Villa Ruban. It was a classy art museum that showcased fancy paintings from the 18th and 19th centuries. You know, the kind of paintings that make you raise your pinky finger at the Hoytay. The villa itself was quite a character. Built back in 1873 as a posh private residence, it got its name from a fort that once stood on the same spot. You can still find a piece of the old fortress wall chilling in the museum's basement. Now, let's talk about the design. It was a brainchild of the city architect Jean-Francois Aydh, And it was built by none other than Gabriel Meyer, an Alsacian glove manufacturer. Imagine a glove manufacturer turning into a real estate mogul. Quite the career change, wouldn't you say? The villa was all about that classical 19th-century style, with a snazzy neoclassical facade to impress the neighbours. And since there was plenty of room after the city's fortifications were demolished, they decided to throw in some stables and a French-style garden. It sits in a park that was expertly crafted by the French architect Edouard André, a master of landscapes. It's like living in a painting by Monet, but with horses. Although I think Monet had horses in some of his paintings. Anyway, one of the future stories is actually going to be about him. He was quite important, apparently. Throughout its history, the villa changed hands more times than a hot potato at a picnic. It was owned by a steel manufacturer, Charles Joseph de Gargan, and later by industrialist Norbert Logalet. But the most interesting part is when the city of Luxembourg decided to rent it out to the ECSC Court of Justice. Yes, they turned a fancy villa into a rental property. But fear not, art lovers, in 1959 they transformed the villa once again this time to host the art collections that are still proudly exhibited there today. It's like the villa found its true purpose to become a porch gallery for highbrow paintings. In 2010, the villa went through some serious renovation work. Let me tell you, it was planned by the architectural maestro Philip Schmidt. This guy was so innovative that he received the prestigious Teco Architecture Award for his brilliant idea of using perforated copper cladding. Who knew copper could be so fashionable? You can very clearly see those copper add-ons around the villa. Speaking of paintings, the ones you'll find at the Villa Vauban come from three separate collections that were bequeathed to the city. In the quirky time warp between the mid-1800s and the dawn of the 1900s, the city of Luxembourg found itself playing art roulette with not one, not two, but three generous donations from private art enthusiasts. Talk about a cultural jackpot! Leading the part of art loving philanthropists was Jean Pierre Pescatore, the man who turned tobacco into gold. He clearly had a thing for all things French, Dutch, and Flemish, scooping up contemporary masterpieces left and right in the 1840s and 1850s. From Tenier to do, to Steen to Van de Capelle and a whole parade of one this, one that, he amassed a treasure trove of canvases. And when he kicked the bucket, he didn't take his collection to the grave, no, nope, he bequeathed it all to Luxembourg, where his art babies first took centre stage at the city hall and much, much later in nineteen fifty nine found a more luxurious home at the Villa Verban. In 1878, another art aficionado entered the state and he went by the name Leo Lippmann. This dude was not just a banker, he was also a general counsel of the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg in Amsterdam. His taste in art leaned heavily towards the 1860s and 1870s, with a lineup that read like who's who of Dutch, Belgian, and French painters of the era. Shelfheld, Springer, Marys, Linick, Stevens, you name it, he had it. And just for good measure, he threw in a handful of 17th century Dutch classics, the ones that weren't selling like hotcakes, presumably. But the cherry on this artistic cake came from none other than Eugenie de Toy pescateur who shuffled off this mortal coil in 1902 but left behind a time capsule of a collection. This art treasure trove, passed down to her in 1853, had a bit of a Westphalian twist. The original owner, Jodok Frederick Washertz, was a pharmacist with a penchant for paintings of the religious, the allegorical and the mythical. I mean, think angels, muses and unicorns, all painted in the 17th century, of course. So there you have it. The Villa of a applies where fancy paintings from centuries past mingle with copper cladding. It's like stepping into a time capsule of art and architectural adventures. Get ready to unleash your inner aristocrat and appreciate the finer things in life. It's art, darling, and it's waiting for you.